You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Give the podcast a follow as well. That is at Locked On Cubs. Oh boy, Cubs fans. First of all, I have to apologize for this podcast coming to you late. Hopefully you're catching it on your commute home from work about 5.30-ish on a Tuesday, maybe 6. Cubs start at 7 p.m. up in Milwaukee at uh, American Family Ballpark, a.k.a. Wrigley North. Yeah, we're calling it that. So I want to apologize for the podcast not being out at its usual early morning hours. I was visiting my mom in Cedar Rapids, Iowa staying at a hotel and it just, uh, I didn't have my recording equipment. It would have been a whole thing. And unfortunately I just, I couldn't get it out. Uh, but you know, shout out to, uh, Jennifer, I'm going to pronounce your last name wrong. Sorry. Jennifer Domek, Domekic, D O M E C Q D O M E C Q. I don't know how to pronounce that. Jennifer, Jenny, Jennifer, thank you for uh, the tweet. Really appreciate it this morning. And uh, yeah, we will be talking about last night's game previewing this one and talking about old Cubs friend, Kyle Schwarber. Some interesting stuff going on with him that uh, has a lot of Cubs fans questioning a lot of things. But I also have to mention this episode is brought to you by Lockdown MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can help but get giddy over some prospects, we have the podcast for you. Lockdown MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Lockdown MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, Cubs fans. Oh, why, I, I'll be quite honest. I don't think in all of my years, we're talking a strong three decades. I'm in my mid-30s, but I was a nut. I was a baseball nut around the age of five. But in all my baseball watching years, I don't think I could recall a game turning quite like last night's game between the Cubs and Brewers up in Milwaukee in which the score was tied 4-4. Going into the eighth inning, the Cubs had a chance to take the lead in the top of the eighth, failed to do so. Some uh, some good at-bats, followed by some poor at-bats is what happened. And it was four players that uh, a week or so ago, half the Cubs fan base would be like, who? Who's this guy? Who's the backup catcher? Low what now? You know, it was a few names like that. And then Ortega came up. Oh, my God. And then who? What, who else is it getting major at bats at critical times? It was one of those situations. The Brewers responded to our failure to get a run in, even though we had the bags juiced, by scoring 10 bleeping times. 10 times, everyone. They put up a 10 spot in the bottom of the eighth. Ryan Tapera, who's been a almost basically an all-star out of that pen, started the eighth, and the inning was finished by Eric Sogard. That uh, that tells you the the horror show that was the eighth inning of Tuesday night's match or Monday night's matchup, I should say, between the Cubs and Brewers. And we all know going in, I talked about in yesterday's podcast that came out on time, that this was a big series. And I did say the goal was to take two out of three. Now, of course, the goal would have been to sweep. If you sweep, you're right there tied for first place atop the NL Central. But you don't always want to think sweep. I've noticed there's a, there's a mindset thing. Obviously, you, you take it game by game. Now I'm saying like all the cliches you heard in the movie Bull Durham. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. 
And sometimes the Brewers score 10 runs in the bottom of the eighth, and it makes you want to drive your car off the off the Edens. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that happens, but don't do that. Keep both hands on the wheel. It's you 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 go into every game thinking we're gonna win today. But the reason I say the important mindset is taking two or three just winning series, because I think if you go into a series thinking sweep, you get too far ahead of yourself. If you go in thinking we're gonna win the series, I think better things come of it. That's how I would manage a clubhouse. And that's why I think a lot of players do take it. And as much as we wear our, our hearts on our sleeves as Cubs fans, and that's okay to do your fan. Fans are supposed to fan is short for fanatic. You're supposed to be a little crazy. You don't want your players thinking that way, though, because it's a 162-game season. We get stressed out and crazy watching it. Imagine playing it. Not, not an easy thing. And I think a lot of us forget that these players are young. A lot of them are young. You know, uh, for my younger listeners, you've grown up in a world that's solely social media driven. The Cubs, a lot of their core is the same way. They grew up where social media is their world. But that still doesn't mean it's easy for them. I'm sure it adds even more stress in a lot of different ways. Or maybe they're just accustomed to it. I'm not really sure. I'm not their therapist. But I do know it's a different kind of grind from the player side of you than the fan side of you. Of course. Now that game started off with Kyle Hendricks, not as sharp. Well, it started off great for us on the offensive side. Jack Peterson draws a walk and I'm still, I predict big things from Jack Peterson. This series, he had a nice game yesterday, walking three times at your leadoff spot. That's great. And half two run shot. Beautiful swing. We're thinking, all right, come on, Ian. We need you. We need you, Ian. Let's go, pal. All right. Cause this team really, he just hasn't been there this year. I don't know what, is going on with the and a half. I don't know if he got into a weird little funk and his swing got a little long, a little loopy, and he's been trying to correct that. He was out for a little bit. But remember when he immediately came back from the injured list? He was looking but he I remember he had like a nice 10 game run and then it just kind of all collapsed very suddenly going into the month of June. Like the whole team, I mean I kind of we knew the injuries would catch up. And I, I warned against this. I, I tried to prepare the fan base, because I'm I'm with you. I, I am you, everyone, because I wanted to mentally prepare myself because I knew from all the years I've mentioned watching baseball that injuries catch up to you. They just do. So when we were still riding hot, I think we started the month of June like eight and four. Great start. But I remember thinking to myself, like the other shoe's going to fall because you just can't keep winning with so many good players out. And it, eventually it did. Because I think offensives, uh, lineups, it's like Jenga. You remove a couple pieces, it just becomes very unstable. So remember the month of April, Cubs are striking out at a record pace, offense just atrocious, and everyone's scratching their head being like, these guys are better than this. They're better than this. Then they started to turn it around. And everyone's like, see, they're better than this. And it's like, "Mm, no, it was really Matt Duffy and Nico Horner. There's something about their plate approach that I think is contagious. Now, I got a friend of mine. His father is a brilliant like mathematician, which, of course, makes him a pretty sick gambler. He loves betting the over-unders in NBA games, watches a lot of NBA. I don't think he cares who wins. He just watches for the total points. Now, remember, this is an older reference, so some of you might not remember this, but Ron Artest, he became Meta World Peace. He was a great defensive player. He really was. And defense in the NBA is kind of contagious. And I discovered this through my friend's dad because he started hammering the unders. He was throwing bets down in the right when the Lakers acquired, 
I think I missed that step of the story. The Lakers acquired Ron Artest, and right away he's like, I'm betting the unders on these games. And I go, really? Really? He's like, yes. Defense is contagious. If they, His team sees a guy like him diving for a loose ball. The rest of them start to do that. And I thought about him like, that's right. I remember playing basketball when someone made like a, a diving stop or hustled back on defense. That's when the coach would be the most amped up on the on the court side. You know what I mean? They're, they're clapping it up going, there you go. Way to, way to get the ball, Jimmy. Wait, wait to show the team. That's that's some heart right there, Jimmy. That's how most basketball coaches start at the youth level. I'm talking, right? And so then everyone's like, well, Jimmy's getting all this praise. I, I could go diving for balls too. You want me to get low? I'll get low. I'll keep my hands up on D coach. I'm right there with him. I want ice cream. You know, it's kind of like that. So when you saw Matt Duffy and Nico Horner and you know a few other players mixing it up a little bit there, it broke up that continuous trend of home run, home run, home run. You had Matt Duffy coming up there, even on at bats where he resulted in an out, he was still working the count, not giving away at bats. As much as I love Javi, that dude will give away an at bat like like Ellen giving away prizes for her daytime talk show. He just gi- giving it away, you know. Where it's like okay, you just swing two pitches in the dirt and then you take a fastball down the middle. You feeling okay, buddy? What's happening, Javi? Because we love you too much for you to be looking this stupid at the plate. So it's one of those things where I definitely think it's like, again, your lineup is like Jenga. You take a few pieces off and everything falls apart. That's why every now and then you see teams where you're like, how is it? I remember the Washington Nationals one year, their offense was struggling. I'm like, how does an offense with Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon, how do how does that Zimmerman, how do they how does that struggle? It happens. Angels last year weren't a world-beating offense. They had Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. And this year their offense is a lot better, but it's still not like the cream of the crop considering that they've got three or four of the best players in the league. There is like a balance to this kind of thing. Some people think, oh, the lineup doesn't matter that much. Maybe the over the course of a season, if you're playing the same eight guys, the numbers will all kind of fall where they are. But I really do think one leans on another. That's why I never liked – there's been some bad choice in the past from Cubs manager. Remember when we had Tony Campana? I remember I think it was oh, – was it that terrible Mike Quaddy or Dale Swain, Swem or whatever? They bet him like eighth. I hated betting him eighth because he was a base stealer. You don't bet a base stealer eighth. because then the, the, So they get on first, and then the pitcher – was the pitcher going to work the count so he could get an opportunity to steal the base? Probably not. They throw straight fastballs to pitchers and because, again, they know they can't hit the fastball. Bet him seventh, the eight, the eight hitter, you got to be a little selective with, right? He's a guy who can work the count a little bit. That's who you want betting eighth, someone like that. Anyway, I just give that example because I want people to know that lineups do matter. And right now, without those two hitters, that's when everything fell apart like a house of cards. They rode it for a little bit, but it all kind of fell apart. So the offense has been bad. So with Ian Happ, maybe he, when the injuries were starting to catch up, decided also, I have to do more. Again, Ian Happ was a first-round pick. Wilson Contreras came in, got a standing ovation before he even took his first swing, and then when he connected with that swing, it was a home run, first major league pitch he saw. Javi Baez was a first-round draft pick. Chris Bryant was a first-round draft pick. Anthony Rizzo was not. He was sixth-round with the Red Sox, but he was a guy that was highly touted as the first piece to what will be a World Series-winning foundation. I mention all this because I think that's why the team slumps together. You have too many hitters who believe they could put the team on their back. Jason Hayward was even a first-round pick and got his the big contract. So I really feel like they all feel pressure together. That's the thing that's the most head-scratching part of it. And I'll save some more of those thoughts on what, what's happened with the core and why they 
don't seem to all work together well anymore and how they, why did they for a few years there, but not the last few, all of those questions that I know we're all kind of sick and tired of answering, but I will, I will have to go into that a little bit for all of you. Okay. Rock auto, everybody with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions about your car. You know what I mean? They're like, what is this? An LX, an EX? And you're like, dude, I don't know. Why don't you go out there and read the thing? It's parked right in front. I got the mayor's spot in front. You go check it out, pal. So you don't have to do all that, right? So with Rock Auto, save time and money. Isn't that the beautiful thing? Those are the two most valuable commodities, time and money. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tan lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. What's up? Because there's a little shag in there. I think you'd like it. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car and truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know who sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, let's talk about a little bit more of uh, the. Do I even really want to talk about that sadness that happened that just put everyone in a bad mood on their Monday night? Patrick Wisdom absolutely hits a ball to Waukesha or whatever suburbs up there and ties the game 4-4. Kyle Hendricks got has another first inning, which he gave up a couple of runs. Now, Hendricks' overall line wasn't terrible, terrible, right? Because it was, again, it was a 4-4 game into the eighth inning. But Hendricks was not as sharp. Am I going to get down on Kyle Hendricks? No, he won eight games in a row. You can't, if, if someone wins eight games in a row and then the, when they go for win number nine in a row, they have a rough start, you can't overreact too much, right? There's still a human element to this, you know? So again, I'm not going to beat up Kyle Hendricks. It was just bad timing. Some things are just really bad timing. You know, it's, uh, that happens every now and then. Like Ryan Tapero, his last couple outings have been a little rough. He started the free free for all. There was also a weird play too in that he threw strike three to a batter, but the umpire granted the batter a late timeout. I hate that. Once the foot is off the rubber as an umpire, you don't grant the hitter a timeout. There's no rule that says that. You know, we talk about all the time about how to make the game faster and appeal to a younger generation. How about not unlimited timeouts? We we figured it out a little bit where it's like let's limit the amount of times you could visit the mound. How about batters can't call timeout whenever they feel like? every at bat in between pitches. That's crazy. In no other sport are you just be like, time out. I'm going to step out of the box. I'm going to stop action all the time. That needs to go. Think about this. I, my new rule would be this. If I'm talking to the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, or one of his uh, consultants, Theo Epstein, what's up, dude? I'd love to talk to you. Big fan. I would say, hey, let's have it where you can only step out of the box with two strikes. And that's it. And even then, it, it can't be too – because I, I I don't mind that a little bit. If there's two strikes, you're fouling it off, stepping out, kind of tightening up the bag. It almost builds suspense, so it's still, like, exciting. But, yeah, one zero count. Here comes strike one. Well, i got to step out. i got to really re- reevaluate everything that just happened here. I've seen batters step out of the box. Take They took a 3-0 fastball right down the middle. They step out of the box. Why? Did you not? Were you not taking all the way? Was it a sh- shock that that 3-0 fastball came and you didn't know how to react to it? That's Little stuff like that really will – it adds up. And, and so I think that's some one way you can speed up the game a little bit. So uh, Patrick Wisdom's ball was an absolute shot. There, there does need to be some conversation with the fact that he needs to be in the lineup every single day. Every single day. It, it's, 
again, I've praised the job manager David Ross has done. Uh, but as far as Sogard being played as often as possible, I don't like it. He's in the lineup again tonight. I'll go over the lineup in just a bit for you guys. It's uh, it's yeah. There needs there's a few guys are banged up right now. Again, I went over the injuries earlier, so I'm not going to go into that again. But you, you got to ride the hot hand and everything like that. I did want to mention with Ryan Tapera, who has uh two his last two outings have been a little shaky. His overall season's still really good, but of course we all knew like you know Chafin's been phenomenal all year round. Hasn't had a bad stretch. He's eventually going to have a bad stretch. Kimbrell's been phenomenal all year round. He's probably going to have a bad stretch at some point. That's just the human beings. Even you know. Very seldom does someone go perfect for a season. Every now, I mean, Mariano Rivera's had a couple seasons where he was near perfect. Eric Gagne, famously, although we know that wasn't legit, he was taking some needles in some places, right? To Para, some fans are questioning. Oh, now that they're cracking down on foreign substances, he hasn't looked as sharp. Is that a problem? Maybe, maybe as far as command is concerned, that could be a problem with Ryan Tapera, but it is not in terms of his stuff. Because his spin rate has not changed significantly. This isn't like Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer, who Major League Baseball said, no, we're serious. We're, we're going to suspend you for 10 games, and we're cracking down, and we're going to do umpire checks. As soon as they even sniffed at the idea, as soon as Major League Baseball even whispered, we're going to crack down on this, their spin rates fell off a cliff. And not like a good way, because you, you want your breaking stuff to drop like that, but not in a good way. In a way where it's like, okay, clearly you guys are doing some some dangerous stuff here that you're not supposed to be doing. Some cheating is happening out of Trevor Bauer. Trevor, you know, I remember I didn't hate him as much as some people did, but now he's just, he comes off as a twerp, doesn't he? Trevor Bauer. He kind of comes off as this guy who thinks he's cool, but everyone around him is like, this guy's not cool. He like acts like a cool guy should act. I see it. Like he'll strike a guy out and then he walks off the mound and then, then his brain goes, oh, wait, I'm, I'm supposed to do something now. All right, I'll do I'll do the Conor McGregor strut, or I'll do a little bit of like a Hulk Hogan to the ear going, oh, yeah, you're going to boo me a little boo louder. I'll do that. But he like has to remind himself to be cool. You think Javi Baez reminds himself to be cool? You think Fernando Tatis needs the wake-up call? You think he's got it on his little on his, on his Apple Watch? Ooh, it's 432, time to be awesome. No, this is just a natural flow. And that's fine. If you're not a, Sometimes I think it's cool to just strike a guy out and just kind of walk like, like I, you do it all the time. I'm not saying I'm against people doing a little bit of a strut or a little pep to the staff. That's fun too. Jeremy Jeffers last year in the 2020 season, remember he kind of had a little, little, little shoulder shimmy kind of deal he would do after he stepped off the mound. It's fun. Either way, it's fun, but but be genuine. I think that's what people want the most. Be authentic. Be genuine. You know that's what we want out of our athletes. So yeah, I, I can't even, I can't even really dig too deep into it. Uh, the rest of that game, um, Trevor McGill came up and that guy throws 98 but if you're not locating anything and you're throwing 98 straight down the middle you're gonna get rocked and he got absolutely lit up what a rude awakening this is a guy that shows a lot of promise but then yeah, he came up pitched like two innings looked good in the two innings gets hurt immediately gone for a while comes back and then just absolutely gets bombed after the cubs sent down tommy nance who tommy nance had a few rough outings so people were like is tommy nance another guy was using some uh, spider track or whatever they're calling it, some some foreign substances. He's doing a little sticky icky over there, you know, as he getting a little KY, lathering the ball up a little bit on the seams. What's he doing? And then he pitches great against the Dodgers his last outing, but he went three innings helping save the bullpen. Then they sent him down because they're like, all right, well, those three innings kind of put him out of commission for a couple 
for a couple games. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tommy Nance up again at the end of the week. But right now, this offense is just not doing it. And to score four runs with Hendricks on the mound, you're thinking, well, that's an easy W. I'm hoping it's such a tall order today because we got Brandon Woodruff going. Woodruff throws 97-98 with ease. He's always run the strike zone. He will not walk, guys. He's a guy you want to attack early. The Cubs line up with Jock Peterson in left field. Wilson Contreras batting second behind the dish. Javi Baez, the shortstop. Ian Happ, center field. Patrick Wisdom at first base. No Anthony Rizzo again. He left Sunday's game early and remains out of the lineup. Jason Hayward in right field. Sergio Alcantara at second base. I like that, actually. I don't like Eric Sogard at third base. Chris Bryant getting a day off. Um, he's been struggling a bit. Hopefully, I haven't heard anything about like injury or anything like that. You know, So, hopefully nothing big. And Zach Davies on the bump. Zach Davies looked fantastic his last outing, of course, because he combined to throw a no-hitter. So, hopefully, he's got that juju going against his former team. Hopefully, he's got the good vibes going for him, Zach Davies. Look at the batting averages. I'm not a big batting average guy because it doesn't tell the whole story. I'm more of a on base percentage guy. And then you look further at, you know, on base plus slugging because, you know, it shows the power numbers too. And then, you know, weighted on base average is a really cool stat that I wish was more common among fans. You know, because batting average, if you're hitting 233, a single is worth the same as a home run in your 233, which we know a single and a home run are not the same. So weighted on base average. Woba for short kind of puts that in. It kind of gives like a point total to like home run, triple, double, single because they're not all weighted the same. That's why it's a cooler stat. It really tells you more of what happened. The Cubs, but as far as traditional batting average, which you know you do like, but it really does show who hits more singles in a sense. The Cubs averages. This is horrendous. There is only one guy starting today that has a batting average over 250. And that's Patrick Wisdom at 277. Look at this. Peterson, 233. Contreras, 227. Javi, 225. Ian Happ, 190. Wisdom, 277. Hayward, 197. Sergio Contra, 183. When he does hit, I don't think he's had any singles. It's all been doubles and a couple home runs. Uh, And Eric Sogard, 243. He's a guy that just gets you some singles, though, when he did that 243, because he has one home run, doesn't walk at all. Oh, man. And the on the other side of the stuff, let's look at the Brewers batting average in their lineup. Uh, Urias is leading off hitting uh, playing third base, and he's hitting 239. Willie um, – how do you say it? Adam? It's not Adams. Adamus. Adamus. Sorry, Willie Adamus? I forget. Some last names, if you don't hear them out loud, you have no idea how to pronounce them. He's hitting 240. Christian Yelich, heard that name a lot, 253. Garcia, 243. Uh, T- T- Taylor Tyrone, I'm sorry. Ty- Tyrone Taylor, I should say. He's in 231. Jace Peterson, he killed the Cubs last night. Also, who names their kid Jace? If you're named Jace out there, I'm sure you're nice, but Peterson hurt my feelings last night, bombing our Cubs. Haraya, uh, Keston Haraya, he's hitting 160. So the Brewers only have one player over 250. One. The Cubs also have one. This is insane. Major League Baseball, I'm glad they're cracking down on the sp- the doctoring of the baseball, but some other things need to go down. I think too. I don't know what else needs to change, but uh, that is bad. These are the top two teams in the NL central. The Cubs are four games back of the Brewers right now. These are the top two teams. And you mean to tell me that not, not one regular or only one regular on each side is in over two fifty? That's simply atrocious. 
Wild Alaskan, everybody. I had the pleasure, the absolute pleasure of trying the salmon. It was unbelievable. They also have a whitefish that I'm looking at tomorrow. I'm going to grill that up. I'm not even good at grilling. I grilled it. It was unbelievable. That shows you the quality of seafood we're talking here. Because we all know we should be eating more fish to get our omega-3s and protein. It's the best kind of protein from what this one guy told me, and he seems smart. Uh, and the seafood counter can be intimidating. We know that. So which fish tastes best? What cut of the fish do you like? All that, all those kind of weird questions they kind of throw your way. But Wild Alaskan Company takes the guesswork out of buying wild-caught seafood. You're used to having a lot of choices when it comes to what you eat, but it matters where your food comes from. It's the quality. Get that nutrition, right? Get it from nature. Alaska and the Pacific Northwest is where a Wild Alaskan Company finds their fish. So Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. You can choose from salmon, the whitefish, a combination. And every month, there are different specials to explore. So right now, you could get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's Alaskan company.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. Bet online, everybody. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online, MLB, NBA, NHL, and of course, UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online and your laptop or mobile device to check out all the latest lines. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Let's get it. Let's get with the action, everybody. So head to the website again on your mobile device or, you know, your laptop to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. 50% welcome to bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. All right, Cubs fans. I did want to round out talking about this a little bit. Kyle Schwarber, who I'm a huge fan of. Got a picture of me and Kyle Schwarber. It's kind of funny because we're both doing the point at each other. You know, people started doing that point thing real quick. Everyone, my back is freaking on fire. I drove back from Cedar Rapids, Iowa today. It was a real quick date. Like, you know, I was there for a little over a day visiting uh, my mom. And uh, that's why I couldn't do a Cubs post game recap last night. The first time I was in a hotel room with my four and two year old son and my wife, of course. And uh, the two year old, it was, it wasn't a great night for him. I think he needs his own bed. Uh, anyhow. So I, my back is literally on fire. The, the hotel bed sucked too. So sorry if I, I'm, I have to crack my back real quick. Oh, there we go. All right. I have a picture with Kyle Schwarber, me and him. You know how for a while people are doing that thing when they take a picture with someone, they like point at the person they're in the picture with. I don't know when that started. We both pointed at each other, so it's kind of a funny picture in that regard. But I'm a huge Kyle Schwarber fan, always have been, always will be. Was excited when he made his debut. The dude just bashes baseballs. Uh, great attitude, like a dude who pumps up his team. When he hit that ball off Garrett Cole in the wild card game in 2015 into the Allegheny, that's my favorite home run of all time. Easily my favorite home run of all time. The way he stepped on home play and then looked at Dex and gave him like a double fist pound and was like, let's go, you know, phenomenal. Hit a huge playoff run. Comes back um, in the World Series after a crazy injury that, that ended his season after, you know, a third game into the year. Goes on the IL for the whole year. Fights his way back for the World Series. Hits 4-12. Are you kidding me? Love this dude. I know some fans turn him a little bit, oh, he's not clutch anymore and all this stuff and I was like, you look at those playoff numbers. Okay, we get sometimes we get a little obsessed with the clutch thing. Sometimes someone's going wrong and they're just not hitting, period. And it doesn't matter if there's three people on base or nobody on base. We all like to believe clutch is a thing, but if you really dig deep over the course of players' careers, it all evens out. It really does. The sample size eventually evens out where you're like, oh, this guy was a career 285 hitter. Well, where's his career batting average of throwing in scoring position? 
Oh, also 285. Uh, I, I could have sworn I remember him being more clutch than that. Yeah, you remember a couple of huge years in which it seemed like he was clutch, or maybe it was just a season in which people were on base constantly. Derek Lee for the Cubs back in 2005 only had 110 RBI, 46 home runs. So he drove himself in almost half the time. Why didn't he have more? Oh, I don't know. Nafi Perez and Corey Patterson were in front of him. Two guys who were allergic to first base. Could that be the reason? I think so. So I bring up Schwarber because he is on an absolute tear right now. He has 15 home runs in his last 17 games. The only people to have that many home runs in that amount of time, their names are Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa. That's how on fire Kyle Schwarber has been. He now has 24 home runs. He's second in the National League behind Fernando Tatis Jr., who has 25 bombs. He's an all-star. He's, uh, his OPS is over 900. The war is up above Chris Bryant's right now, like 2.4, I want to say. I know our boy KB is really faltered, but I still have hopes that he'll turn it around. Like I said before, the injuries add up. Some people try to carry the team. He's been playing all these different positions. Still have, a, still have tons of love for Chris Bryant. But let's talk Schwarber here. A lot of fans are saying the Cubs make a huge mistake. I think the mistake was being cheap. It was a cheapness. Because they could have had one year, $8 million for him. That's what arbitration was. Now, he got a little bit more for that from the Nationals. One year, $10 million. Good on him. And we signed Jack Peterson, one year, $7 million. So we essentially saved $1 million. Now, this isn't uh, a gripe towards Jack Peterson. This has nothing to do with him. Uh, Jack's been, uh, he's been all right. I know that the average is only 237, but the on-base is coming up. He had a really bad start. That's why the numbers don't look too good overall. But he's been a fine player, and he's a good guy. My qualm is the fact that they could have, if they want to diversify, they could have flipped him, perhaps. They could have done something. I'm not saying they were wrong to be like, let's change things. But I bring it up now because this shows the Cubs front office, and Hoyer was part of that. I know Theo's not there anymore, does know how to identify talent, right? I think I should have a whole episode of all the talent they've identified and who, how they haven't kept them. The big names being you, Darvish, and Nick Castellanos, of course. Two people who, of course, cried when they couldn't be Cubs anymore. That says something. But with Schwarber lighting it up the way he is right now, I wonder, Cubs fans, does that make you at all a little bit concerned? So here's a question for you. you guys hit me up on Twitter. Or if you don't have Twitter, go to at LockdownCubs at gmail.com. Does this make you concerned at all that players like Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and Javier Baez, and look, maybe we don't want them all. That's another discussion to have. But any of our free agents are thinking to themselves, I don't even know if I want to come back. I, you know, we had a lot of fun here, but it just hasn't been the same lately. We see how much fun Kyle's having over in Washington. Maybe going to a new city is something I need to rejuvenate me a little bit. I mean, this Schwarber's on pace for 50 home runs, everyone. And he looks like he's having a blast. So, you know, there's part of them that are thinking, oh. And look, Dave Martinez is the manager there, so it's not like an unfamiliar face for Schwarber. It's not like someone who, you know, couldn't have saw something before. I think Schwarber had a monster 2019. We forget that because he had 38 home runs, drove in 93, also had an 870 OPS on base plus slugging. And then 2020 was a pandemic year. So I'm I'm just, this is my question to you. Are you at all concerned that there's a chance that the core might not even want to come back? I guess this question is more towards the people who want them back. Are you at all worried? I know it's Wrigley Field and all this stuff, and and there really is nothing like a Wrigley crowd, and I, and I love Cubs fans at Wrigley. Uh, you get some of those fans, though, on their phone t- tweeting, and they just become negative town all the time. So, But again, I, I understand the frustrations. Don't get me wrong. I just don't like it when you're down one nothing in the first inning and you're like, game over. I'm like, if that's what you think, you know what? There's a Lifetime movie you should watch because I don't think baseball's for you. That's not a knock on Lifetime movies. There's a few Christmas ones I love. All right, everybody. I've rambled enough. Hopefully you're listening to this uh, before the Cubs take on the Brewers and beat them. And I've got some fun stuff to talk to you about tomorrow. The podcast will be back tomorrow morning, back the, the way we like it. All right, Cubs fans, you guys are the best. Go Cubs. 
Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 